Warning, Extra Credits contains course spoilers and also contains some opinions and some facts. There may even be some opinions parading as facts or vice versa. If you never come to class and still haven't opened your text, we'd hate to give away the ending for you. Well, you've been warned. And now, extra credits. Your photography business is going well. There's cash in the bank and your customers have given you excellent reviews. Four and a half stars would have them take pictures of me again. Sure, you've had to buy a bunch of equipment and it's got a short useful life because, you know, technology and stuff, but who cares? Assets are good, right? You go to your bank for a loan and they ask to see your financial statements. Ho ho ho, no problem, you say. I took 111, I paid attention about half the time and here you go. Look at my net income, it's so high and I have so many assets too. I'm a slam dunk for a loan. But wait, the loans officer says, I don't see any depreciation expense on your income statement or accumulated depreciation on your balance sheet. It looks like you've overvalued your assets and your income. You went in for a loan, but now that bank wants to be left alone. Uh-oh, time to dust off that old text and see just what went wrong. Hello and welcome to the first year financial accounting podcast you never knew you wanted or needed extra credits. I'm Mike. I'm Josh. And I'm Brad. And we hope that this pod is an asset to you. Well, fellows, we are a third of the way through the semester. Just let that marinate for a second. A third of the way through the semester. Like the hit Bon Jovi song, whoa, we're a third of the way. Uh, no, no, that one didn't take. It's halfway there, living on a prayer. I was close, though. Uh, so how are you feeling a third of the way in? How's it feel? Um, I feel really good because I like finally caught up on the big backlog of marking that I had. And it's amazing what that does to your perspective on the semester. It better, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so on week four, you had a backlog of marking already. Yeah, it's because I barely marked anything for two weeks. I was busy prepping for class. Well, that's it. I mean, you're working hard. That's and, right. And uh, now you've got to actually mark all the work that you were working hard to prepare. It's, that's just it. And then now I'm in that spot where it's like you got to maintain. And mm -hmm. if you don't maintain, it just gets worse and worse through the semester, which I think students can appreciate because yeah. it's the same with any homework or other workload you have. Oh, going same for on. them. Yeah. As soon yeah. as they get behind, it's kind of like riding a bike up a hill. Right? As soon as you stop pumping your legs, you're not getting going again. So yeah. You just got to push through. Don't stop till the top. And, uh, you know, then we get a couple weeks off in December and rinse and repeat, everybody. How about you, Brad? How are you feeling? You know, it, it's funny. I, I was saying I can't believe that we're actually a third of the way through already. It, mm -hmm. It's amazing to think how quickly that went. Um, oh. So I, I'm I'm feeling good right now. I, I come and go. You know, honestly, I've, I felt pretty tired for a little while uh, leading up into this week. And, and I think the students are feeling the same. Mm -hmm. um, and it's okay to feel that, right? But but like you say, let's keep going up the hill and, and keep us moving forward. So Yeah, you're certainly not alone in that. Um, we're right there with you. Um, and I, you know, I, I think that, um, instead of it being one of those like bicycle rickshaws where all y'all are sitting in the back and we're pedaling up the hill, trying to drag you up the hill. I like to think <laughs> of it more along the lines of all of us sitting around one of those bicycle beer tour things. Yeah. Yes. Right. So everyone's pedaling. Everybody wins if everybody helps. That's it. So keep pushing. 
we're almost but, there. And hey, in this class, we don't have a midterm. So I was going to say, oh, we're only a couple of weeks away from the midterm, but we're not. Um, we're not. Yeah, you guys have had your first quizzes. How do they, I mean, obviously you don't want to talk averages because I don't want any classes to, you know, it, it's going to be different from class to class, but how do they go? Uh, well, we're, we are currently ironing out some technical difficulties on our end, um, but we, you know, we've, we figured it out. Um, I got some good feedback from the Wiley folks, and I think the next one is set up to be a lot more successful. Excellent. Mm -hmm. excellent. And good feedback <laughs> yeah. from the students, I'm sure, too. One thing I've, I've really enjoyed is um, I think that by the time students get to fourth year, uh, there's this whole, I don't even care, I'm just getting out of here, right? But I love how much feedback I get from my first years um, because I, I really do um, solicit it and, and they've been pretty honest with me. Um, so, you know, been like, hey, this question sucked um, or things like that, right? It didn't really work when I was doing it on my iPhone 4S. <laughs> or you're not as funny as you think you are, Michael. Yeah, no, I get that a lot. Um, I actually, middle class, I'm, uh, I don't lecture much, right? But I was going through something and someone raised their hand and I'm like, uh, yes. And they're like, hey, uh, Mike, uh, nobody cares what you have to say. And it was, I'm kidding, that didn't happen. But uh, <laughs> that would be amazing if it did. I'd be so impressed with that student for. <laughs> I would just I'd be like, uh, okay, fine. Uh, you know, what's interesting. My class, we were having a, um, having a day on Tuesday and we're going through depreciation, which we're actually going to be talking about today a little bit. And uh, we, I was going into my final example and I'm looking around and I'm like, are you guys just done? Like, you know, when you can see people's faces, Josh, you don't know this, but for Brad, you know, being able to see people's faces, you can just see that they're just completely done. And uh, I was like, I, are you guys just, you just want to go? And this is 10 minutes before the end of class and they're all nodding. I'm like, you know what, just go take a break. Uh, get yourself a cup of coffee, have some fun. Uh, you, you've done well. So we'll push it to next class. So we're going to start off class today with some more depreciation stuff, but I could just, and actually, everyone was just sitting there like, you know, like Linus um, Charlie Brown. So I assume you're referencing the fact that I'm using Collaborate rather than Zoom. No, no, I, I just, I meant that because you're so fascinating, no one would ever lose interest. That's what I meant. I see. That's nice. <laughs> oh, so it was an underhanded you know, dig at me is what it really was. <laughs> uh, I feel like it was kind of lumping you in with me, Brad, which is absolutely an insult. So you be offended. <laughs> Mike, Mike, I have to say, I have the I had the best and most relevant accounting question that came to me from a student, um, and it was about you. Oh, so oh. the question was, does Mike actually sing his own songs? Uh, <laughs> I, I do, and I do my own stunts as well. <laughs> yep, I, I, do. Um, I have uh, I have about um, uh, fifteen years of uh, choir and musical theater experience. So I, I don't have a nice voice, but I can usually hit pitch and I've got a reasonable range. So uh, not a lot of call for baritones uh, in our current online environment, but uh, we'll, we'll see what we can do. I do need to do some more songs uh, and have some more fun, but I'm kind of in the, in the Josh boat there where I've been so focused on building this amazing stuff. And then when it doesn't go off, trying to fix it going forward and then getting marking done, um, mm -hmm. it, uh, it goes by quick. I could use maybe a 10 day or an 11 day week. So I have extra time to do some more fun stuff. That'd be <laughs> great. <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe we'll do a, um, we need one more for our barbershop quartet, right? Like, I, I mean, I'm feeling like Brad's probably a bass and Josh is definitely a tenor, right? So, I don't know what that is. I like, I have no 
unlike your 15 years of musical experience, I have zero. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> and this is the point where I need a cricket, a cricket sound effect so that I can play that and then just hide behind the cricket sound effect. Um, you know what? You could make us the, uh, the guitar. Um, <laughs> the woodworker that you are. Okay, you know, why don't we move on here? I've got a lead-off sure. question for us, and it has nothing to do with whether or not I sing my own songs. It is, for the three of us, uh, what is the most common, easy-to-fix whoops that you've seen from students so far? Um, I'm more used to dealing with uh-ohs. Uh-ohs. Okay, well, I'll take an uh-oh. I'll take a whoops. I'll take a, yeah, anything in that area. Who wants to start us off? I, I'm happy to go. All right. So I, I think since we're, we're talking about adjusting entries, I might as well um, say probably one of the most common uh, misses that I see in adjusting entries. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably using cash in any of the adjusting entries. Um, And I've said it in class and I'll say it again in class before we get through chapter three, but just remember that whenever you're doing an adjusting entry, you are not adjusting cash. You're adjusting whatever um, the the accounts are that you're dealing with, either a prepaid or depreciation or equipment, whatever it is. Um, We're not spending or receiving cash in our adjusting entries. Yeah, never, never cash, absolutely. How about yourself, Josh? Um, well, having only taught this course for a few weeks, I don't have a lot of like historical look back. Of, first time uh, too, right, Josh? This, it, yeah, first time. Yeah. Um, but I used to have a prof. We've talked about the fact that I had Randy Newton when I was at the college. Yeah. Uh, whenever I had an accounting course with him, he always said, watch your dates. And that's mm-hmm. the biggest one that I see come up, even in other financial accounting courses too, where I tell my students, if you have to count the number of months on your fingers. Oh, you should. I, I'm not going to judge you. You know, we're not in person for our exams, but if I see you writing a midterm and or a final and, and you're counting on your fingers the months so your adjustment is correct, I'm proud of you. Yeah. Agreed. Yep. I, I say the exact same thing to my tax students too, which are third and fourth year. Uh, you know, use your fingers to count your months. It's, it's important. I still yeah. do it. Calculators can't do everything, right? So, uh, no, I, absolutely, that's uh, that's great. I, I like that as well. Uh, one of mine is um, uh, revenue on the balance sheet. That's always interesting because revenue is good, right? And assets are good, so revenue must go with the assets, right? All the all the buddies hanging out together. Uh, not so much. And then also um, trying to wrap our minds around these new account types, these contra assets. And uh, in class, I used uh, your thing there, Brad, the buddy account system. I think which originally came from Dean. It's from Dean, okay, thank you. Yeah. Not the Dean, but not Dean. the Dean. No, <laughs> someday we'll hopefully be the Dean, so we can call him Dean Dean. Um, we'll see. Yeah, thanks, Dean. That's good. Yeah, no, and it is right. The buddy accounts. It's really hard to say. Okay, so it's an asset, kind of, but I'm going to credit it to increase it, which decreases assets and uh, going through that sort of process has been uh, a challenge for students. So uh, just keep in mind that yes, you credit accumulated depreciation, those buddy accounts. Uh, Okay, so our topic rundown for today, we're actually gonna start off with um, what are adjustments and effectively why? Why do we need to do this? So we've talked about accounting and how you know, we look at it, is it a business transaction? Should it be recorded? Well, if it's a business transaction and we have recorded it properly, why do we have to adjust? I want to Things dive change. In. Josh, okay. Mm-hmm. Things change. Time passes. So, 
know, if you buy insurance, you, you do the best that you can with that knowledge at the time. You record your prepaid insurance that you paid for for a year. But as soon as time starts passing, you know, that exact amount is not quite correct. Now, it would take too much time for us to adjust that every single day to be correct. And, you know, we're not lazy, but uh, we like to think we're efficient. So we just take up the adjusting entries when it's time to make a set of financial statements. Yeah, instead of adjusting it on a day by day or a week yeah. by week or month by month, only and when you're making what, what's changed, what needs to, I like to think, you know, I, really you go through the trial balance and say, what's in this account? Mm-hmm. Does it need to be updated or adjusted or not? And, uh, and then you go ahead and do it. And now, Brad, I mean, obviously you say, you were saying that you never uh, adjust for cash, right? So if you're going through the trial balance, that makes a good one to skip over. Uh, but what Josh was saying about insurance, why wouldn't we just, you know, let's say we buy a year of insurance for 1200 bucks. Why don't we just call that insurance expense instead of doing all this rigmarole with adjustments? Yeah, absolutely. And so really it comes down to making sure that we're getting the expense into the right period, right? So if we are doing a set of financial statements for this year, and let's say on December 1st, we paid for a full year of insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to benefit from 11 months of that insurance that we bought next year. Right. And so if we try to include all of that expense in this year, we're going to have, we're not matching the, the, the time from when that expense is actually being used um, or when we're benefiting from it. So if we didn't make that adjustment, if we just put it as an insurance expense, we would be understating our income for this year and effectively overstating it for next year. We would be lying a little bit on our Mm -hmm. financial statements. Now, is is there... Go ahead. Sorry. sorry, If if you take it out to an extreme example and think Mm. of like purchasing a car and what if I just expensed that car when I purchased it, you know, and you have a, a... yeah, yeah $30,000 okay. expense all, all in one year. On December the 31st. You're going to use the car for the next 10 years, right? So That's true. I mean, it would be a good way to manage your your net income if you wanted to, right? <laughs> yeah, I want to bring it down a little bit. Let's just buy a $31,000 car. Interesting. Um, okay. And so, you know, want to make sure that we don't violate the matching principle and that we're, again, the whole point of financial statements is to give us information. They talk to us so we can make decisions and we can't make good decisions if we don't have good information. Absolutely. <laughs> Speaking of lying about uh, or lying on our financial statements, a yep. student in my class last week asked me, what exactly is cooking the books? Oh, nice. <laughs> so I got a good laugh out of that because I'm like, hey, I mean, it was perfect for me because I can say, hey, look, I, I can make an adju- uh, like an adjusting entry to debit accounts receivable credit revenue, make my net income look better. Mm-hmm. And I can just tell you that I flat out lied about that journal entry. That never really happened. And I just cooked the books. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, or, and, and how do you justify it later? Just say, well, you know, we build the clients and uh, you know, we, we, we done the work and then, Oh, it looked like they weren't going to actually pay. And so now we're going to write it off in the next year. And really, is that what we're doing? We'll be talking about direct write-offs in chapter eight. I want to say chapter seven, chapter eight, chapter eight, I think. Yeah. yeah so and I'm, I'm going to put a shameless plug in. Um, mm-hmm. If you're at all interested in cooking the books or you want to know more about uh, accounting fraud. How did you I teach yeah. a third year course called fraud examination, where if you take a couple more accounting courses, you can come join me and we can talk Ooh. about fraud. And, and learning how to discover fraud, not perpetrate it, right? Well, I mean, you know, if you understand how to perpetrate it, you understand how to find it. That's it, right? You need to put yourself in the mind of the criminal to that's then it. catch the, that's it. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, forensic accounting is, is actually really fun because it's numbers based problem solving. 
um, which I know <laughs> what 90% of people are like, Mike, that doesn't sound like fun, but it is, it's super fun. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's cool. Third year course, you can really get your hands dirty. And so a uh, student who's definitely listening to the pod, if you're interested, uh, Josh will teach you how to cook the books in <laughs> only two years time. So take 121 and what, 263? 263, but then you're good. You can, yep, you're good. So yeah. just get in there. And at that point, you might as well take 273. And if you're going to take 273, you might as well, I mean, 462, 363, I want to say, yeah. Yeah, and at that point, you might as well become a CPA. We got That's you. it. Like, let's just, let's just keep going. Uh, I did a show of hands at the beginning of class, and I asked how many students wanted to or were thinking about becoming accountants. Uh, it was none. And uh, so, and I asked again, uh, a third of the way in, how many students are thinking of becoming accountants? Still none. However, that being said, I haven't lost any. Right? <laughs> no one who had previously said they wanted to become an accountant has been turned off by me. So I'm going to call that a win. This is how we're using statistics to cook the books. That's it. <laughs> or skew skew the results, perhaps. Yeah. Using statistics to prove your points um, works 80% of the time, every time. Uh, okay. So adjustments are those changes that we need to make to make sure that our financial statements are accurately represented for the period in, in which we're reporting, um, or I guess the point in time in the case of a, a balance sheet in which we're reporting. Um, so how come we can't just use cash accounting? We've heard about this cash accounting thing. And honestly, it sounds pretty easy. Like it's revenue when I get the cash, it's an expense when I pay the cash. That seems way easier. Is this whole accrual thing just to give CPAs jobs? Is that it? Is, we built this whole weird bureaucracy just so that we could all have jobs? No, we built the tax code so that we could have jobs. Yes. And also, so CRA can have jobs, but uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, that, that's the problem is once you get used to the tax code is the accounting book actually seems easy. <laughs> like the, the handbook. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, it's certainly smaller. The um, What's the ITA? 1400 pages of onion paper? <laughs> it's a it's, lot. It's pretty thin. I don't actually know how many pages it is. It's, it's big. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, so with cash accounting, I, I think the issue there is you're always waiting for the other shoe to drop. So, mm. you know, if you just record cash when you receive it or, you know, or sorry, revenue when you receive cash mm. or expenses when you pay cash, you know, you might get paid by your customers early. And so in one year you get some revenue and things are looking really good. You probably have a lot of money in your bank account and you're saying, well, maybe I can take some of that out. I can make some drawings and uh, go buy myself a nice new car or something. Mm -hmm. um, because you weren't using the accrual basis of accounting and you didn't record your expenses when you incurred them, you forgot that you're going to have some expenses that you've got to pay later with that money in your business bank account. Right. And uh, now suddenly you really didn't have money for that car. Excellent. All right. Yeah, or, or you've written some checks and, and they haven't cleared the bank, a whole bunch of things, right? Uh, yeah. Which is why in chapter um, seven, we're going to do bank reconciliations so that we can actually see, you know, why our bank balance doesn't line up to that GL that you're doing in the second portion of your project, probably right now, maybe right now, mm -hmm. or just finishing up. Um, why does that cash balance not match the balance in your bank account? There are good reasons for that. And we'll talk about that a ways down the road. Uh, okay, so we can't just use cash accounting. We know why we need to adjust now. I have a question. Why would we prepay for expenses? So this whole like prepay thing, I, I get supplies for sure, right? Because you can't go to Staples and buy a pen, right? You're going to buy a box of 10, you're prepaying there. Are you going to buy a, a, you know, a box of paper instead of buying it by the sheet? Sure. But why would we prepay for other things? 
for for some of them, I think it's because you have to, right? Like for insurance yeah. in particular, you 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 won't get insurance coverage unless you have paid for it. Um, and the insurance company, uh, like just like us, is looking for practical ways of doing business. They don't want you in there um, every week renewing your insurance policy, right? right. Yeah, so you, cash. here you go. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So you're going to have an, an annual insurance policy likely okay. um, and, and you have to prepay for it or they won't give you coverage. Um, so some of them you just have to. Interesting. Uh, so it's different than having um, having staff then because that's postpaid, right? As a business, we, you generally get paid after you work, but we're having to pay for these things ahead of time, which is which is interesting. Josh, you were going to say? I was just going to say we might want to because we can get a better deal. Um, mm, if, we buy, if we buy a lot of something up front or if we pay for pay for, uh, you know, three months worth of snow, snow clearing services for the winter ahead of time, they might mm. give us a deal rather than if we just pay as we go through the winter. Yeah. And we don't, I mean, we don't see this example in the books, but um, things like uh, prepaid accounting services and prepaid bookkeeping services or, or legal services where you have a retainer ahead of time. Sometimes that's the only way that you can actually hold on to a professional is to pay them ahead of time and then have them work out of those, those areas as well. Okay, excellent. So that's, uh, we, we've covered off prepayment for expenses and uh, we're actually gonna break up chapter three into a couple pods just because um, this is one of those chapters where I've taught 111, I think 14 or 15 times now. Uh, you think I'd be better at it, right, my students? <laughs> but uh, it used to be we would spend a single week on chapter three and then on the midterm, which again, we don't have, uh, everyone would bomb adjustments. And then we'd say, hey, you know what? They did so poorly on the midterm. We're going to give them a second chance and we put adjustments on the final and then they would bomb it on the final as well. <laughs> and uh, eventually we started adding more time to chapter three. So we've now got this this sort of two weeks-ish, let's say, for chapter three. And uh, so we're going to have two pods on it. So we're going to finish up today talking about depreciation. And I think that we all think about depreciation in different ways to wrap our minds around it. Um, and, and Brad, you know, you, you gave a good example of matching expenses to when they're actually used up in the same way that we match revenues to when we've actually done the thing that we're supposed to do. Um, but for each of you, what, uh, what would you consider to be depreciation? And I'm not talking about the textbook definition, but, you know, for you, how do, how do you think of it and how do you remember uh, exactly what it is? Brad, you want to dive in? I see you're nodding your head. <laughs> Are we doing play-by-play play this time? I'm always nodding my head. It would be actually play-by-play. I have to uh, tell you, if you do this in class, it must be so validating for your students. Isn't it great, Josh? Just looking at Brad, big smile on his face, really approachable person, nodding sure. his head, making me feel like I'm doing a good job. Yeah. Like that. It's nice. Nice. <laughs> All right, Brad, you were saying, what is depreciation? What is depreciation? So I, I think of depreciation as um, taking uh, an expense in that, say, say my, my vehicle that I've purchased and I'm going to use for 10 years, um, mm -hmm. that ultimately is an expense of my business. I had to purchase that vehicle um, and, and I'm going to use it over the course of 10 years. So I'm taking that expense and I'm spreading it out over the length of time that I'm actually going to use that asset. So like a really, um, so really big prepaid expense then? Yeah, kind of, right? Okay. So like we think, especially when we're looking at so straight line depreciation, which is what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, if we're talking about a $30,000 car that we're going to use for 10 years, uh, we're going to have $3,000 of expense that we're incurring each year 
over the course of that 10 years, as opposed right. to front loading it and having a $30,000 expense all in the first year. Or, then, or backloading it or just choosing whatever you want to have an expense on a year by year basis, right? Like, exactly. oh, you know what? Um, I don't want to break my bank covenant. So this year it's going to be $1,000 in depreciation. And next year I had more revenue. So it's going to be 6,000 next year. And and that, that's an accounting policy decision, right? I mean, we need to make that decision ahead of time and then stick with it so that we don't, like Josh was saying, cook the books effectively. Yeah. Yeah. One of the really common questions that I had when we were talking about depreciation this week is how do we come up with the useful life? Like who mm-hmm. makes who makes that estimate? That's a great question. The same questions. Yeah. Yeah. That came up in our class. And, and how do we decide on that? Is it uh, looking at history? Is it experience? Is it... Um, uh, conference method where we talk to, you know, the management within our company is a little bit of everything. I, I had some students say, well, is it a guess? And I'm like, well, yes, I mean, but it's I an educated guess. Educated guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, because <laughs> well, I mean, with a car, no hard, hard and fast rule, right? It's not like cars are 10 years, buildings are yeah. 50, right? Yeah. Yeah. I tried to give some ranges, you know, I mean, with cars, we'd love for it to be 15 years, but, you know, being more realistic, it's probably mm-hmm. going to be, eight to 10. Um, and really if things go poorly, maybe it's only five or less. Right. So, um, but then I had a lot of questions about, you know, we had questions come up about different types of assets and what the lives might be for that. So we ended up talking about, you know, like municipal governments and they have, you know, sewer systems that they depreciate over like 90 years. Yep. It's crazy. Yeah. And if they get that wrong, um, they're really in it. Um, (laughs) I actually had had, uh, a student ask, uh, because, you know, when I talked about it, I said, Hey, like when you think of depreciation, what do you think of? Um, and it's basically, you know, when, when dad or mom tells you when you're going to buy your first car, don't buy that. Those cars depreciate really quickly. Right. That's what I think a lot of their first experience with that word is. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so when I was talking about straight line depreciation, um, they, they asked, they're like, well, is that how things actually depreciate? And so I, I talked a little bit about uh, CCA, which is uh, not depreciation, uh, but it's capital cost allowance that what you can write off and how that's declining balance style and how I think most companies for most things use declining balance. Um, uh, amortization might be a bit different. If you're looking at intangibles, you might actually want to spread those evenly across the years, depending on how they look. Um, and, and it does depend asset to asset. The reason we use straight line uh, for you, um, a student, is we want to give you uh, the simplest form of the concept, right? But yeah, the, you know, most times cars, you, know, you drive it off the lot, it's worth 30% less, and then it becomes declining balance. So it's 30% of the lower, the lower amount next year and 30% of that amount after that going on a declining balance. But it does make it simpler if we look at a straight line. I'd say if you find yourself as one of those students that are curious and you're the ones that have those questions about mm-hmm. these various other uh, depreciation What should they do, Josh? They should probably jump into BUAD 121 next semester. 121. It is a nonstop party. Absolutely. Nothing but accounting <laughs> fun the whole time. And here's the thing. If you're not sure, give it a try. Yeah. I mean, hey, it's, it's, it's a first year credit. Uh, you're going to be hanging out with tons of cool cats and kittens. You'd be having a great time in there. Uh, guaranteed. Josh guaranteed. It's going to be fun. Uh, <laughs> and if it's not, go ahead and, and fire him an email. Uh, oh. So so that's depreciation for Brad. I, I like that, looking at it and, and spreading it out across that time. And, and that works the same if it's straight line or declining balance, right? If you say, okay, well, mm-hmm. 
um, I'm not going to use up 30% of the car in the first year. Um, but that's also matching the depreciation to things like values, which isn't what we're trying to do. We're not trying to say, um, again, if you buy a piece of equipment and you straight line depreciation, uh, uh, depre depreciate it, easy for me to say, right? Your holding value on the books is not going to be the salvage value at that moment, right? Those okay. things are, are not uh, coupled to each other. And it may be, it may be close. But that's not what we're saying. We're saying we're using it up. So how about for you, Josh? What are you thinking when it comes to depreciation? I actually don't have that much more to add than what Brad said. Like the okay. way I think about it is very similar to what he thinks about. Mm -hmm. um, a couple comments, first of all, on your, your misspeaking of depreciation. Oh. Um, if, you, if you move on to, um, if you get to BUAD 263 in the accounting stream, we start to talk about depletion, which is all about, you know, if you have a mine or some mm -hmm. other natural resource like timber. Yeah. Um, but my, uh, every single time when we talk about that in class, I, instead of saying accumulated depletion, I say accumulated depletion. So I just, <laughs> I just put the two words together. And um, so I, I told my students to call me out on it if it happens. And uh, this was in person last year and I said it, but I didn't realize it. And like, I just see grins across the room and I'm like, what did I, what? Yeah. Did I do it? Yeah, I did it. Depletion. I like that. That's excellent. Yeah. I, um, I accidentally say depression a lot when I'm saying depreciation <laughs> in class. So I talk about accumulated depression and, uh, which, which is what a lot of our students are going through right now. So we'll, uh, leave it, leave it at that. But yeah, no, it's, it's, and, and again, I, I've got nothing to add either. Um, that, that was a great, uh, great description, Brad and Josh here. Yeah. Your there were, uh, were, were good as well. Um, it's not so much, uh, when I'm in class, I often use the furniture and fixtures in the classroom as an example, right? Mm -hmm. So we, and I'll knock on the table, we buy this table and it's not going to be used up this year. It's not going to be used up. And it's not like we saw if it's straight line depreciation for 10 years, I'm not sawing a 10th of it off every year, right? It's, it's less tangible than that. Um, but it's the use up of that asset over the time. And, and it's really matching those expenses to the periods in which they help to generate revenues, right? So, excellent. Well, um, I think that probably does it for us here. Uh, I feel like this was a good one. Hopefully, um, we'll bring our listener base. So last week, we obviously didn't have a pod. We took a bit of a break. Um, and I can't remember, did we tell people it was because we didn't need one? Or were we honest? And did we tell them that it was because we were all way too stressed and we just didn't get around to it? Either I, I way, was honest. whatever I, we I, told I, you is... Uh, I is, was honest too. Oh, I'm honest as well. And I can tell you that uh, our listeners are hungry for a pod. Uh, and, uh, and I can't blame them. Yeah, our, our daily listenership went from uh, over 20 to, I think it's like two or three people now. So we, this is just lets you know, what have you done for me lately, right? So we got to keep going. Uh, hope you enjoyed listening to it. I hope it helped and gave you a little insight that uh, was a bit more personal than the textbook uh, or the outlines. Uh, if you have any questions for us, feel free to let us know. We'd love to answer your questions here in your favorite financial accounting podcast, Extra Credits. That does us for today. Any final thoughts, Brad, Josh? Nothing that I can think of. Excellent. Well, y'all have yourself a good week and we will talk to you next week. Bye now. Bye, everyone. See you guys.